0: Well, welcome to the Situation Report for March 9th, 2023. I'm joined by Kristen Megan and Tammy Clark. They are environmental hygienists, and I'm going to let them explain that because they've explained it to me two or three times, and I'm still not exactly sure what it means other than they know the universe that is persistent chemicals and things that can kill you. So I will let them uh, explain what that is, and I'll turn it over to one of you two.
1: Yeah, so I guess the best way we can break this up is we're both intertwined in two different professions that are very the same, and we're both industrial hygienists and occupational environmental health and safety professionals. Uh, So I'll cover the IH side, which is just we are exposure scientists and we anticipate, recognize, evaluate, and control a myriad of health hazards from radiation, chemicals, ergonomics, ingestion hazards, contact hazards. Uh, hazardous noise. So if it can impact the human body in an occupational setting, we cover it. And then we also have to make sure what's happening in the occupational setting isn't impacting the community at large. For example, hazardous material spills, fuel spills, or, you know, like smokestacks from ethylene oxide sterilizers in hospitals, that those are being controlled and aren't polluting a city. So that's industrial hygiene. And Tammy can explain OEHS. Well, yeah, and thanks
2: for having us on. OEHS is a combined field of occupational and environmental health and safety. So there's a lot of crossover in the worlds of OEHS and industrial hygiene. Um, For example, I am working with a client in Chicago this week, and some of the work that I had to do involves trainings on the safety hazards associated with their work, Slips, trips, falls, you know, fall protection, climbing on rooftops, ladders, things like that. And then some of the other work that I was doing was actually lead sampling for a particular cordon. Um, around an area where there is spraying happening within a water tank. There's inside of a confined space, but then there's a hazardous atmosphere concern um, with a potential lead exposure. So I had to do air monitoring and sampling for that. Well, this is exactly what Kristen's talking about, where we monitor the air, the soils, the water. We're taking testings and readings based on um, particular permissible exposure levels and limits. And so these two fields of industrial hygiene, and environmental or occupational and environmental health and safety are very related. And there's a lot of overlap. So while there's like 15 to 17 different disciplines within the fields, uh, there's a lot of crossover and overlap. And particularly, um, experts like us tend to um, gravitate or specialize in a few of those fields and others may be in other particular fields. And Kristen can explain her background, which is a little bit different than my background. She came from the military. I've worked with private industries. Um, But together, we knew when we saw back in the beginning of COVID, they were trying to put everybody, the government was telling everybody that they needed to wear a mask as a, you know, a cloth mask, homemade cloth mask, t-shirt, whatever, like Kristen says, grandma's curtains, as a control measure to control the spread of an aerosolized infectious disease. That's when we both and some of our other colleagues stood up and went, wait, whoa, because that's violating all the known protocols, regulations and standards that the regulatory agencies of OSHA, EPA, DOT have in place for infectious disease control and pandemic response. So that's how we met each other, just standing up and blowing the whistle. We met each other through that and uh, we realize you know, we both have a little bit different backgrounds, but there's a lot of um, crossover and a lot of the same work that we have done.
0: So <laughs> you know, this is the second time we've been through this. <laughs> and every time you guys talk, my head spins because there's so many different fields. how do you get into this field? I mean, how do you how do you go for the military to, 17 different fields of toxicity that can kill people <laughs> and all of the different regulations around if you have, if you have a lump from oh. abrasion that you have to go and respond to that in some way, shape or form. I mean, right? I could do the whole, I could literally do the whole um, COVID thing. We could do three episodes just on that. And most of them would be me ranting. But what I want to <laughs> zero in on is how'd you get into this? I mean, how does one get into this field?
1: Well, I can explain mine. I, so after 9 11, I decided to go into the Air Force and I had no idea what I wanted to do. And uh, they said, Do you want to go into bioenvironmental engineering? And my recruiter was like, It's like radiation. And I was like, Cool. I thought I was going to be like a radiology technician. <laughs> but what bioenvironmental engineering was, is the Air Force's version of OSHA, EPA the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, and then couple that in with MMBC C-Bernie stuff, dealing with medical, nuclear, biological, counter chemical warfare, if people don't understand that, and then um, basically plotting hazards, like if we were attacked, you know, is it upwind, downwind? So there's a lot of science to my profession, and uh, I was in the Air Force for nine years, so I got degreed in my job and then went into the private sector, and I've always primarily been on the healthcare side of it, uh, so... I worked at a VA hospital, but basically I learned about this profession from the Air Force. And I think a lot of people in this profession, and I'm going to just say this, and I don't really care who it offends, but I think the best people in our profession are not people that got into this career field just by picking it in college and getting a degree in it. It's people who somehow worked in an industry and then met up with somebody like an OSHA person coming into their workplace and then being interested. And, um, so I don't know if that's how Tammy really got started, but, um, I know we we definitely got into this two different ways, but it's very interesting. Most people don't know about us until something goes wrong.
0: Well, that's my point, right? Because in the Air yeah. Force, your training basically involves: if it's nuclear, you're dead. If it's biological, you're probably dead. If it's chemical, you're definitely dead, and it's just a matter of how long it's going to take to kill you. I mean, that's <laughs> that's literally how it goes in the Air Force, right? Because the Army's the same way. The Army's like, here's this equipment. Put on your mask. Good luck.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, it's it's not funny, but the irony actually, is...
0: Actually, kind of is funny. Well,
1: what <laughs> I'm about to say is that, you know, we here we have a whole... And the, the Army has, like, their own version of this also. They're merged with public health, but I'm sure a lot of people have heard about the, the PACT Act or, like, the burn pits where a lot of people are having issues. Like, the fact that that happened and they illegally burned, improperly burned waste, and all these people have issues now when they literally had factions of the military that dealt with all these hazards and engineering them out and then we did it to ourselves like Are you only talking the about government the can pits? do that
0: yeah oh absolutely all right you're talking about the burn pits of like area 51 and some of the where they burn some of the uh the the toxic composite materials on all the test aircraft they literally burned them right there and you travel oh, yeah down and wing. then
1: in theater like my husband is a victim of it he was in iraq and uh he you know he was exposed to the burn pits and has some issues I, i'm not going to discuss on his behalf but Now they're realizing, you know, the burden of proof. They didn't really air sample at the time, so they have to do presumed exposures for all this horrible stuff that they were burning, which includes dioxin exposure. So um, it's pretty bad. And it's I just can't believe that the military improperly burned waste overseas. Why
0: are are you surprised by that? Well,
1: because... (laughs)
0: Come on. (laughs) Because, I mean,
1: you can't even get sunburned in the military without getting in trouble. So the fact that the military... In a in a, I guess it's not peacetime, but it's like friendly fire. It's the equivalent of friendly fire. Like they did this to their own people because they just cut corners.
0: Oh, absolutely. But you know, you look at the depleted uranium shells, right? Guys are have have, uh, they basically have Gulf War syndrome, and the military's like, yeah, wasn't us. I mean, okay, Slim Shady, it's not you, but who is it then? And (laughs) how is it miraculously these guys go fight in tanks and in Desert Storm? And come back, and their their bodies are not right because my body isn't right. I mean, I came back. First of all, I I'm from the northwest, so I was climatized to the cold when I went over there. In less than a year of being in theater and exposed, and by the way, the Iraqis burn everything. Literally, they burn everything. So there's burning gar- garbage all the time. They burn whatever they burn. Right? Could be trucks, cars, bodies, you know, f- oh, everything.
1: <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> I'm not making that up. They literally burn everything. So when I came back, my body was literally, I've been climatized to the point where my, my hot cold regulation is so far off that it could be 80 degrees. and I'll be freezing
1: or it could be, it could
0: be 30 degrees and I'll be baking. And then there's days where my body temps normal. Right. But there's a, I'm just one of many. There's a lot of guys. And what I saw in, in, uh, you know, in Iraq was literally a microcosm to what some of the other guys saw over there and what some of the other guys did. Right. But I look at all that, like they put permethrin on everything.
1: Oh my gosh. They, can't, they gave it to us. They issued it to us.
0: Absolutely. And they're like, dip your uniform in this. I'm like, I'm not, I'll, I'll take the mosquito bite malaria for a thousand Alex. Right. No, thanks.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? Well, I, yeah, so I to know that they give us cans of it to spray, our, um, well, I don't know what you guys call it. We call them BDUs, ACUs, battle dress uniforms. Uh, and, uh, it changed, but we were supposed to spray and soak our uniforms in them when we go to certain areas. Oh my, and, my uh, God.
2: Well, yeah. and it, it's no wonder, you know, I feel for the military vets coming home. I have a brother who was in operation desert storm and he's never been the same since coming back. And it's just, he's just struggled since coming back. And I, I, I know that it's, you know, the PTSD, the depression, the anxiety, um, the the serious uh, numbers of suicides at the hands of our vets. It is not coincidental. They are suffering because of what the military has done to them, what the military has exposed them to, um, the chemicals, the, um, I, I mean, even vaccines, right? They're guinea pigs for all of our vaccines and they have no choice. They have to line up and take it and we're going to see how they respond And there are so many vaccine injuries and serious physical damage, you know, injuries and damage done to their bodies. They come back and they can't function in the private life anymore. And it is no wonder that the, you know, the levels and the, the numbers of depression and anxiety and fear and suicide is just off the charts with our vets. And I feel so bad for these people. And, you know, my daughter wanted to go into the military and I sat her down and I told her, you need to know you are going to be a guinea pig. You are just a number. They do not care about you. They will spit you up and chew you out. And then you will be left to deal with the consequences on your own because the VA is horrible. Uh, the benefits are horrible coming out and they're not going to take care of you. And especially as a woman, knowing the high levels of sexual assault and things like that, which is getting off on a whole different you know, rabbit trail than what we were originally talking about. But Ah, let's go Tangeria.
0: Come on. It's real. Let's go go Tangeria today.
2: We know. We know it's very real, and it's a real problem. And, uh, you know, Kristen can speak to this firsthand, and there there are just so many issues that I I just really strongly urge my daughter not to go in the military. We would help her with another career path, but that is the last thing I want for one of my girls. Well, I think so –
0: so two things. One, I'm going to get back to your background because we haven't covered your background yet. Yeah. <laughs> and two, the other thing is that, you know, just since 2000, so I retired in 13, just since 13, I've been to 14 funerals for soldiers. And
2: oh, wow.
0: Um, you know, the the hard part is not, it's not facing the gold star mom and dads, right? It's facing the parents where their kids came home and then committed suicide, and I was fortunate. I was one of the fortunate ones. I, I was referred to a a place down in it's in Cumberland Furnace, Tennessee, and I went down to to Nashville, went out to Cumberland for a spent a week there, and it was a place called Onsite, which is fantastic place. And in that one week, because you're there for a week, right? You age like five years in a week, but you process through a lot of the the stuff and it's experiential. So you, you watch other people do their work and other people process through their stuff. And there was a, in my group, there was two guys from Afghanistan, two guys like, you know, two guys like me that had done time in both theaters. There was, there was a couple of guys that were uh, special forces guys, um, operators, and you watch other people process through their stuff. And I, I was there with a gal. Um, and she, it's funny, because things happen for a reason. And just, this gal was put in my group. She was a nurse, and come to find out that she was a PhD in nursing. And she was a director at a hospital, I had no idea any of this stuff till after she died, right. But I met her at this on-site thing. We did a week's worth of work. And then she li- she literally moved within two miles of me in Washington. I had no idea she was there. And she sent me a text one day and said, Hey, I'm in Washington. I'm like, Awesome, where are you at? She goes, I- I'm in Snohomish. I'm like, what part of Snohomish? Mm-hmm. She she told me where she said like, you're literally two miles away from me. So uh, from that moment on, we we she hung out with my family, and everything else. But I through her, I saw how my kids saw me after I came back because I was the rage monster when I came back. And literally she helped me process through identifying with my kids, connecting with my kids, um, processing through the stuff that I saw and then processing through the, the stuff that I took with me over there. Cause everybody's got trauma when they go over there, right? Combat just amplifies that. But the interesting part of the, the, the whole experience was we were, we were friends. She died in 20, 21 she died in. Uh, she took the third booster and then died of an aneurysm and it doesn't run in her family so we could have a whole discussion about that but yeah the interesting part of that um, whole experience was you see veterans in all states of not just um acclimation because they you don't they didn't step people out of combat right you just you basically get on it like i f- i literally fought my way to the airport to get home And once I got on the plane, literally I slept for 21 hours. I got home and I still had everything that, that I had left in Iraq. I still had all that to carry with me. And I, and, you know, I remember one morning my, my oldest tried to wake me up. And before I realized it, I had the kid up against the wall by her, you know, by her throat. And I'm literally, you know, my ex-wife is pulling me off of her. I had no idea what was going on. She's just trying to wake me up. So Everybody has that, right? Some guys can process through it, and and I went through probably seven counselors before I finally found a good counselor. That, believe it or not, was a a, a, he specialized in um, uh, addictions, which was interesting because there's the correlation is there's a lot of people that come back and fall into addictions, either drug, alcohol. Yes. domestic violence, codependency, you name it, right? There's a ton of them. And that's where people get tripped up. It's not when they're, not that they come back. It's that they don't process any of it when they come back and then they try and acclimate back to civilian life. And you can't literally can't identify with anybody because the things that people worry about, right. you, know,
2: you look at them, you're like, what the hell are you worried about that for? That hasn't, that's right. like, you're, you're breathing, well, you're upright. What's wrong with you? It's like expatriates like they, you know, we understand now. the business community understands the importance of, um, uh, you know, re or re-homing or reacclimatizing. Um, it's so important that reverse culture shock that people feel is very powerful and it affects your emotions. I, I mean, I remember I just went to Central America for several months and uh, I lived over there and kind of got used to life there. And then I came back home and I felt like, I was sort of paralyzed because I looked around and I felt like I'm living in Disneyland. This is so weird. The flowers are beautiful. The roads are clean. I can go into the grocery store. And not only can I buy peanut butter that I couldn't get over there, but there's 16 brands to choose from. It's just like overwhelming and paralyzing. And the military does not do a good job of, um, you know, dealing with reverse culture shock. And so then it throws people on top of the trauma that they've experienced. So Yeah, that's a whole different program we could get into. And I know Kristen can speak to this a lot. Well, let's talk about your background because we we haven't got
0: to your background. So how did you get into this line of work? I mean, you didn't just fall into it.
2: No, I always say I got into health and safety by accident. (laughs) And that's true because I did not ever start out to be a, you know, safety chick or a health professional. I didn't. That was not my goal. I actually am a licensed pilot. I went to school for aviation management and got my pilot's license and I was on that track. And then my husband and I started a business when we were very young. We got married young, started a business. And uh, all of a sudden, it was, you know, 20 some years ago and OSHA was really starting to come on strong in the construction industry. And so our guys would be calling me. I handled all of the HR components and did all of that kind of thing for our business. And so our guys would be calling me from the field like, hey, we got this OSHA person here and they say we have to wear a helmet. Like, what's up with that? I'm like, what are you talking about? So I kind of got into this by accident when I was very young and I never set out to get into this field and I didn't know anything about it. But I had to, by necessity, figure it out for our business. And so it was so funny because, you know, I'd have OSHA inspectors come on site and I would tell my guys like, well, I don't know what the heck they want, but just go golfing. I'm just going to pay you to go golfing for the day. Just leave. Well, now I would never handle an inspection like that, but you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. And at the time, the regulatory environment was not aggressive. It was not a strong presence in our lives. It was just starting to come on. So I had to deal with it in real time, in the real world, and I had to learn for our own company. So I started educating myself. I started taking classes. I went back to school um, to get my degree um, in construction, safety, and health, and business, and all of that. And then I got a lot of certifications through OSHA, through the DOT, through the EPA. So I became very unique in the fact that I had a lot of uh, regulatory experience and training. And I also had my degrees in those fields. And then I was highly in demand from our business owner friends and colleagues. And then word started to spread that I knew as the regulatory environment was growing and people didn't know what to do. And business owners were dealing with these regulators that were like coming out of the woodwork because the regulatory environment was intentionally grown at that time. At the same time, I became an expert in this field. So I just continued to educate myself, get more certifications, more credentials. And, you know, I have now 20 some years of experience of dealing with this. And so I've become a very uniquely positioned uh, credentialed expert in the fields. And I've also become a subject matter expert in court uh, because I'm so well-versed in the regulatory world uh, with these different agencies and all of their regulations. And so that's when I recognized, you know, then then kind of things took a turn. I was teaching at the university level and then I, I became very much in demand. So I started my own consulting firm and that's what I've been doing for a long time. And then when COVID hit, I realized that these agencies, particularly OSHA, were violating their own standards and protocols. They were literally telling people to do something that violated their own PPE and respiratory protection protocols. And I went, "What in the world is going on? This is so wrong. It's not only illegal, it's criminal." And so I just started making videos. I didn't know what else to do. I just was like, "Wake up people, this is so wrong. The government's telling you to do something that violates their own protocols that they a year ago would have cited my clients if they did this. Now they're the ones telling them to do it.
0: Like yeah. uh, it was what? the whole thing. Yep. Yeah. I remember yeah. so when I was banned from all the platforms, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, mm-hmm. it was because I was doing videos after Jay Inslee would post a video and he'd say data and science, like 17 times. Yeah. And he'd have these dumbass <laughs> charts with like red, yellow, and and green. And the, the arrows that point to nothing and, and right. no, you know, x y axis. So you're like, this is all nonsense, right? Right. Yeah. And and the best part of COVID, which I still love today, is you talk to anybody who's been, who's like a staunch pro vaccination. I've been boosted, humma humma. They always get stumped by one thing. You start having a conversation about masks, and they're like, oh my god, masks are so necessary. I'm like, really. <laughs> So when this thing started, we were stepping all over each other at the grocery store, coughing all over each other, touching everything. And there was no problem with that for like four months. And then all of a sudden in June, we got to start wearing masks because people are dying.
2: Yeah, do, and, and do you hear putting, yourself right now? And putting arrows on the floor, and putting plexiglass <laughs> like in front of our face. <laughs> I would reach around
1: the plexiglass to hand them my money. You know, it's, it's so no. So the best weird. part is it reminded me of like drunk supermarket sweep. Remember that TV show? But my favorite part is kind of what, <laughs> what Tammy was just like mentioning. Is did you notice that like there was the plexiglass, but then the actual terminal where you pay? There's no plexiglass, and that's where you stand the longest. Like, I, oh yeah. Like, and then the,
0: the touch pads, because you know, Ooh, yes. this could live on a bat. This can live on a surface for up to ninety days. You're like, that's bullshit. Oh,
1: but you wow. didn't have Governor Gretchen Whitmer telling you, oh, it's on the gas pumps. Watch out when you pump gas. And you can use a boat, but not a boat with a motor.
2: Oh, we couldn't even drive. I have a couple of properties. I was not even allowed to drive between my own properties because I might be dangerous enough. I might be stupid enough to stop and get gas and infect myself with COVID. Therefore, <laughs> if I'm caught on the road, I'm going to be fined $1,000. And that's when I was like, I took, I got my fu on and I was like, fu in a big way. And I started driving every day. I'm like, I dare you to stop me. Because now that you yeah. said I can't do it, I'm going to do it.
0: It was just a litany test to see which of the lemmings were going to go along with it. Right. And I know I I, I have a friend and I did a sit rep on this because I I was so stunned. So I went to dinner with a friend of mine who I've known for probably 35 years and he's a PhD. He was a superintendent of a school district. So you would think that he's got a PhD in education. You would think this guy has studied some history in all of that education, literally sitting across the table for me. Saying, "Yeah, I've been, you know, vaxed, boosted, and I'm going to go get another another booster here every six months." And I'm looking at him, almost Pavlovian. <laughs> like, dude, right? what is wrong with you? Have you have you learned nothing? this, this is I. I want here's what here's your homework. That's what I want you to do. I want you to go study what the Nazis did once they took power. Go look at what they did with everybody that was in a insane asylum or anybody that had a dis, uh, disability. Just go take a look at what they did. And you're going to see some startling similarities to what's going on right now. And you're going to see some startling similarities to the consolidation of power and where this is leading to. And literally, I saw him a month later, and I was talking to a chimp. It was unbelievable. But that's the whole...
2: He was in the educational world, academia. Believe me, I I teach at the university level. So does my husband. It's the most toxic a uh, crazy wackadoodle doodle place you could possibly be the academia world. That's the well, problem right there.
0: Well, we know how this is going to end anyway so d- a different yeah. question though uh, are you still flying because you went to school to fly are you still flying?
2: Yes no I my husband keeps telling me that I need to get my ratings renewed and all of that. Um, no, I can't because I have no time for anything other than trying to work a little bit with my clients and uh freedom fighting activism trying to stop this insanity and so i don't have any time for the fun stuff anymore i wish i did i'm trying to get back there a little bit but i recognize that if we don't stop what's going on right now this global agenda it, it, we won't have any freedoms we won't have any fun we won't have the ability to work and make our own money and live the american dream and you know work hard and determine our own outcomes and so i have literally thrown myself into this fight using the knowledge and the expertise that, and the experience that I have as somebody who is able to speak up because I own my own business and nobody can tell me what I can and can't say. So I have thrown myself into this and I don't have time for the fun anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm really praying and hoping uh, that I'll be able to get back there. I really want to buy a plane and (laughs) I want, I I do, I want to buy my own plane and I want to keep flying and uh, having fun. But right now that's really on the back burner because if we don't stop what's happening right now, nothing else is going to matter.
0: Well, the good the good news is is that most of their agendas are falling apart. Most mm-hmm. of their narratives are falling apart and that's yes. I I credit that. So, you know, I've, I did information warfare for about 12 12 15 years in the army and I can tell you that when we started covid, the information war that was leveled against the American people and I'm just going to say it was planetary because it was a planetary initiative.
1: I like it how you took, said yeah. being started because it definitely was started.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was, it, it goes back to, and people think that this whole can't, cancel culture thing started under under Obama. It didn't. It started after 9 11 because anybody that spoke out against the, the war in Iraq, the war in Afghanistan, they, they literally, like, case in point, Bill Maher said, you'd have to be pretty. Pr- pretty brave to fly an airplane into a building gone like the next day he was gone and then he went on he he went to hbo and he's been on hbo ever since but literally anybody that spoke up against the war asked any tough questions they were gone and the interesting part of that is that you know i've talked about this on my set rep too i'm a pretty good pilot right and I could fly low level at a couple hundred miles an hour, three, you know, t- two, 300 miles an hour, no problem. But you're, t- they tried to tell us that, and, and I called bullshit on it the first day, right? Because mm-hmm. they're like a, a plane flew into the Pentagon. And if you look at where that plane flew into the Pentagon, there's a hillside right next to that. You literally have to fly down over buildings and then level out across the freeway and then fly into the Pentagon. And th- a student pilot flying a seven fifty seven at three hundred fifty miles an hour, I literally was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" There's no right. way that could happen. Right? I They're mean, I'm a good, good. pilot, but at flying a seven fifty seven, you're flying a freight train at three hundred fifty yeah. miles an hour as a student pilot, you have no idea what's going on. I mean, yeah. I remember and you
2: can't you can't maneuver that way up over no, a hill, no. around a hill, do a drop in. Well, you know what? Not at three hundred
0: miles an hour. No, I mean. No. It takes. I, I look at what you know. Some of my friends are fighter pilots, and those guys. I, I look at what those guys do for low level training and how dangerous. Just doing formation flying, right? When you mm-hmm. rejoin with another aircraft in formation, yeah. you're doing a couple hundred miles an hour. That's a perilous activity. It's, yes. it's it's a full brain exercise. Yes. Even when you're flying formation, right? But flying formation at low level is like, it's it's literally, all it's all adrenaline. Right. Followed by anxiety, followed by sheer terror, followed right. by exhilaration. Oh
1: come on, John right. Fetterman could do it. Come on. right? Whatever.
0: Yeah, the lurch is not doing anything right now except holding a sippy straw. Come on. <laughs> but the, right. the, the, the bigger issue though was that the information war that was levied against us starting in two in in nine after 9-11 was a concerted effort across the planet. And yeah. the interesting part of COVID was that. It was global. I mean, there are countries like I I keep telling my audience that Israel is the bellwether for what the effect of these vaccines is going to be, because they're the most vaccinated country on the planet. They've already given all of their health information to the government and put it into a single repository. So they know exactly what demographics are there. They know exactly what age groups they know, which age groups are dominant. They know which gender is dominant. They know what people's health histories are and which groups are more susceptible to issues with the vaccine. It was just a big lab test. And it was was also a litany test to see how much people were going to put up with and sign up with the social scoring system. But this comes back to my original point. So many people have woken up to this now that you literally, and, and I can tell you that three things have happened since 2021. Number one, there's been a revival of Christianity that the planet hasn't seen in over 100 years. I know. Number two, there's more people awake right now that are arming, stocking supplies, making plans, organizing at the local level than we've seen since the Revolutionary War. Mm -hmm. And number three, and this is the most important, you got a lot of pissed off Marines that are ready to go right now. So good luck with that. They can they can do all they want. But here's the thing that people have finally started to realize. It's a very small group of people at the very, very top that are making all these decisions. And that the people that haven't got a seat at the table are starting to fight back now. And you're seeing that on Wall right. Street. First of all, right. people are bailing out of New York City and out of Wall Street at a breakneck pace. Yeah. And number two, and most importantly... The people with the, the most amount of money that are leaving New York are the people that are controlling most of the financial sector right now. And they've already said, like J- Jamie, uh, Jamie Diamond said, yeah, ESG, not going to do it. We're a business. We're not a political uh, political organization. ESG, done. And well, you still I'm have glad. companies that are going to do it.
2: I'm glad but, to hear that.
0: Yeah. And the, but where I'm going with this is that as much as you're fighting, which you need to continue to do, they're not going to sur- that. This plan is not going to survive first contact with the enemy because there's so many people that are awake, and I, and the other part of it is is that you're seeing the people that were duped into this in the first place that made some very key decisions. They're starting to backtrack because they've realized for this plan to be implemented, it means they have to burn the bridge they're standing on, and those people are now starting to go. Wait a minute, that's this. I didn't sign up for no. this.
2: I just really want to know when President Trump's going to backtrack on this. Hello, he ushered in the Great Reset. Is he going to backtrack on this? I mean, hello, that's the elephant in the room right now that I'm getting real concerned about because he's had every opportunity to pass the buck and to pass the blame onto the so-called experts who were supposed to know uh, in their field, supposed to be the experts in their field, and who who bold-faced lied to him. Um, And he is, you know, a businessman. And uh, as business people, I own a business, I, I know how this goes, you tend to delegate, you put people in roles where they're supposed to be the expert, and then you don't micromanage them, you get out of their way and let them do their jobs. He's had every opportunity to blame the lies from the so-called experts, the bold-faced lies and begin investigations or call for investigations, and he won't do it. Well,
0: so, so yeah, there's, there's two sides there? to that, right? So. I guess the best way to put it is Trump's surrounded by idiots, and mm-hmm. he's surrounded himself. Yes. He's such a bad judge of character. He is. That's the first problem. The second problem is that he's he's doubling down, and the people around him are doubling down on what they believe pu- public opinion really is. And public opinion is anti-vaccine, anti-pharmaceutical, anti-government. They want to see the January six prisoners released, especially now, which he did call for today. But the bigger picture in all this is. Trump's not coming back the elite in New York are not, or in, in DC and in New York, they're not going to let him come back That This, this literally 2020 was a concerted effort by all the elite across the U S and across the planet to get rid of Trump. Oh, no doubt. They, they needed to, to push forward this world agenda. And no, no
1: but what I think is screwed up though, is that so like, I guess so the, the listeners know, like, I'm I'm not on the left or right. Like, I'm more, I'm actually, by definition, uh, an anarchist. Um, I served nine years in the military, but I don't burn down Burger Kings. I believe in self-governance, but I respect the Constitution. I just believe in self-governance because our government has strayed from its foundation. But Tammy will be the first to tell you that even though I am more of a voluntarist, um, I just think that we've abandoned so much. And the problem is Trump was served on a silver platter. So many outs, like Tammy said, so many outs to correct and say, cause he, I mean, he's a narcissist. I mean, but what I'm getting at is this election was stolen from him. So my biggest issue with the whole Trump thing is I don't love him or hate him. Hey, as a veteran, he made my life better through my VA benefits, my taxation, like I was tax lessed. But the thing is, is the election was stolen from him. And I believe he's due those four years. But I'm very concerned that we are just going to, we have a primary and everything. I'm worried about 2024 because he cannot say I was misled. And part of no. being a leader is going, wow, when everyone knows that you're wrong and they're just waiting for you to come down to your knees and apologize, he'll be forgiven, but just freaking say it. And this is why you have a lot of people. I call them the Ron Paul Republicans. That was me. <laughs> That's what pushed me into my different ideologies is because I saw how Dr. Ron Paul was screwed, who, by the way, had the biggest support from the troops um, in 20 2008 and 2012, they did this. They did the same thing to him. They could not let him get in power, even though he won the nomination. I was there as a delegate in 2012 in Tampa. Um, a lot of people don't know that they changed the rules. So that's a different show. But my point is when people don't want things to happen, they will make sure it doesn't happen. So we really got to pay attention because I don't know if we've hit rock bottom yet. We have. I don't want to. I don't. We have. <laughs> I hope. I, so. And I'm not being. I'm yeah. not being
0: the, the the bear. By the way, you sound like a libertarian. You don't sound like a. No, anarchist. I'm libertarian. Anarchist would be no, like, let's burn no, everything. Anarchism to the is
1: peace. I'm a Murray Rothbard anarchist, but I I say that, but I don't like labels. I tell Tammy if anyone wants to actually call me something, I'm a currentist, meaning I believe in self governance, but I'll use the current things afforded to me to preserve my individual liberty, but unlike a lot of the people who are staunch like off the grid of anarchists who are peaceful anarchism is peace it just it doesn't mean no rules it means no rulers but with that said i recognize that i can have my dream ideology but i need to still work with people to at least push off the tyranny that is happening through the left so i don't like labels but what i'm trying to really convey is i'm not a republican but I can work with anybody. I used to like Dennis Kucinich, Tulsi Gabbard. I like anybody who can re- preserve individual liberty and freedom. But the problem is Trump is losing support because he just cannot say I was misled. I well, mean, he's
0: he's never admitted wrong, right? That's just that's his thing. He's never. I know.
1: Ron Paul
2: is my president, but no. no I think, well, I think that's the thing. Trump leads by this, you know, never apologize because it shows weakness. Management style um, taken over from the business world, but it's hurting him and it's actually causing a lot of damage. But, you know, that's a whole other rabbit trail. But I'm, I'm very concerned about this because the 2024 elections have already begun. I mean, we're dealing with it now. We're preparing now.
0: We're, we're not going to get that far. Let's, let's be honest. We're not going to get that far.
1: <laughs> I don't know. And this is
0: why I say that, because, look, I've been involved in the Arizona election process for the last two years, since 21. I this st-
1: election I, process? I,
0: yeah. I've been involved yeah. down here with all the state senators.
1: I've yeah. been
0: involved with not just the polling centers, because there's two things, two key things that happened since 2020, especially here in Arizona. So in 2020, they took the presidential election, but more importantly, they took the Senate and they took yeah. the Senate through cheating. In 2022, they took the swing states and they've compromised all the swing states. Mm-hmm. And what the what the, the left has done, and there's you're right, there's no left or right, it's the uniparty.
2: Mm-hmm. What
0: the uniparty has done is they've installed these dictators now in every key state, and now they're institutionalizing cheating. That's why Trump came out this week and said, We need to use mail in ballots. The problem is, and again, this is the problem with Trump and the people around him. I, and I literally just had this conversation with Seth Keschel like three nights ago. The The thing you have to fix is who's counting the ballots. The people in Washington, D.C. that are running the show are all Maoists. Every single federal agency has been compromised by the Chinese. Every office in the Senate and the House has been compromised by the Chinese. Every institution in our society has been compromised by the Chinese. And the people running the show in D.C. is Barack Obama, Susan Rice, Eric Holder, John Brennan. It's Obama's third term. This is literally what it is. So the only way we take the country back now is either... A, mass non-participation, meaning we full stop, we stop everything in this country and we bring it to its knees financially or revolution. There's no other, there's no peaceful way to resolve this conflict now, because look at, look at Arizona. Adrian Fontes was the county recorder and they put in place, he and Katie while she was secretary of state, put in place instead of precincts, they put in polling centers. The polling centers were new in October or in November of 2022. I I went to four different polling stations. I literally saw the same people with handfuls of ballots walking into the polling stations. Literally all they're going to do now is they're going to find the right amount of votes and stop counting when they get the right amount of votes for the margin that they need. And that's exactly what they did to Carrie Lake. The cartels have compromised the judges, the police, like the, the Maricopa County Sheriff, Penzo, literally doubled down with the board of supervisors and put Snipers on the roof at the MTEC during the county to say not only are we on board with the cheating, but we're going to cover the cheating. And, and, if, and you to, if you go back, if you go back to 2021, Karen Fan util- unilaterally signed an agreement with the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors that destroyed the audit, destroyed the audit findings, and preserved the machines. And the machines, all the electronic voting machines, those companies are all owned by China. The primary key investors, and in all those companies are Chinese. You can't ben, tell And our me.
1: government's hijacked and blackmailed by the CCP. So why would we ever expect there to be any form of accountability? This is why when you have a compromised resident, you can't have any sort of truth or accountability come out. And it's so enraging because the left will say, oh, this judge said this, this judge said that. Everything got thrown out. I can tell you as someone who's been seen firsthand that there's, quite the question if a judge is threatened or paid off. I've, I've experienced that firsthand. I'll leave it at that. That people have to realize that truth isn't just automatically proven. There's so many factors, like you're saying, like issues with judges, issues with the CCP. I mean, what you're saying, and are you familiar with the story of the company? Oh my gosh, it slips my mind here in Okemos, Michigan. Tammy, do you remember the name of the company?
2: Kineco or some something. What is it? Yes. Ken- yeah, something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, and they're they're a Chinese based company who dealt with um. I think it was administrative. Oh, they moved the uh,
0: they moved the records overseas to China. Yeah, voting records. yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Of course, that was, yeah. That was that uh, was Connectco or whatever. Else. I know yeah, which yeah. one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's transition. On. let's transition because what I what I wanted to talk to you guys about was I wanted the four one one on what actually is going down in Palestine because. There's a lot of conjecture. There's a lot of there's a lot of misinformation and disinformation about that derailment, and not just yeah. that. Let's there's three questions I have. The first one is, talk through the chemicals. What kind of chemicals are there? How does it affect the food chain? How does it affect the environment? And then, when we were at the Capitol um, a couple of weeks ago, you guys had a very interesting conversation about when they did the burn. They didn't tell give people enough notice to get their homes ready, and they mm-hmm. brought it all into their homes. Walk through what that looks, you know, how that works. And then the third piece is what's the long-term effects of this? Because okay. I don't understand the chemical side of this. And if I understand what you said on when we tried to do this the first time, <laughs> you guys talked about is pers- a persistent agent that lives generationally, not just in the food chain, but it lives generationally in the entire environment.
2: Yeah. the Kristen, why don't you get into the chemical conversation
1: and then I'll follow up. Sure. Yeah. So we're really good at passing the hat. Well, first I'll say Tammy and I are are not typecasted and we're kind of the potpourri category in Jeopardy. So, you know, we can always hit any topic you want. Um, But so regarding the issue in Ohio. So. Um, I'll just cover half of it. And that is, yes, there was the derailment. And then that happened on February 3rd. And then on February 7th is when they had the air quote, controlled, uncontrolled burn. And the reason I say that is because there are companies that are approved by the EPA and other organizations to be rated and able to properly neutralize and dilute hazardous materials for proper waste disposal So when they incinerate or burn, like, for example, chemotherapy waste in hospitals, it gets incinerated, mycotoxins and mitotoxins. And um, there are companies that do that. So to call this a controlled burn is a little odd because it wasn't in a facility. But I can't Monday morning quarterback anything until I see what's called an after action report. But I can see. So I'll just preface it with this. I can understand why they would have burned it if they figured that the tanks were too pressurized that could have created an actual explosion because then that outward plume would have been at a lower uh, zone, the breathing level, uh, in the breathing zone. And then it would have killed a lot of people due to the metal shrapnel. Um, That's the only thing I can think of. But when they did burn this, regardless of the reasoning, when you burn these types of chemicals that are volatile organic compounds mixed with chlorines, it creates dioxins. Dioxins are some of the most toxic materials on this planet. With your military background, I know you know about phosgene and Agent Orange. It's very similar and worse than exposures to those chemicals. So dioxins, I'm going to try to dumb this down for everybody, but dioxins are found in the environment. Everywhere around this country, there are background levels of dioxins, but at a very, very small level. And that dose isn't as harmful as long as it's spread out over time. But they are created when materials are burned, usually by garbage. But something has to create, has to have a chlorine to create the dioxins. But they're very dangerous because they stay in the environment for a very, very long time. And it's known as the three decade contaminant, meaning my daughters that have children, it would still affect my grandchildren. And it gets into the environment and it gets picked up by animals and it gets stored in their fat. So it primarily is through meat and dairy and also in the soil, just from any sort of vegetables that are grown in the soil and also dependent on the weather. When you have differential change in barometric pressure, you can have something called um, like soil vapor erosion. And if it's really hot after a rain, it can evaporate out of the soil. So this stuff can just continue to recontaminate in the soil. And it's so hard to get rid of. It's a forever pollutant. So, there's really no control method for dioxins unless you're just moving the soil, but then it's still hazardous some, somewhere else. So, that's what was created. That's a major issue. And it's also an issue that took the EPA 24 days to ask for Norfolk Southern to test for dioxins 24 days. They worried about other chemicals, which are still harmful and carcinogenic, but again, the most hazardous. And in the world of industrial hygiene, you always address the the greatest hazard, which was the dioxins. It shouldn't have taken platforms like TikTok and Twitter to expose the term dioxins. So Tammy can explain about how they created a greater hazard with the lack of risk communication, because to me, that is the most egregious act of all of this.
0: Now, you said that they dug a pit because they needed to drain the chemicals, so they mm-hmm. dug a pit, they they released the chemicals from the train cars because they're highly flammable or highly to- whatever, toxic flammable. I like, forget the word you used. But to me, that means, okay, so we punched some holes in a rail car. We let it sink into the, into the um, ground. At some point, this is going to be in the groundwater. It's already in the Ohio River. It's already killed mm-hmm. wildlife in the Ohio River. And then on top of that, then they burned it which changed its chemical uh, consistency and turned it into something even more toxic. And then it was carried yeah. down, into what, 11 or 12 states.
1: Yeah. And you know what actually just recently broke. So just to explain that and I should have covered that, but basically they, in order to do this er, again, air quote, controlled burn, they poked a hole to drain some of the tanks into what they built was a, a, a trench. I feel like them building the trench is why they're trying to uh, claim it was controlled, but that was to control the plume. But when you're dealing with, and I I don't want to get too technical, but you have vapor density that controls when a plume hits its ceiling, which is why you kind of saw it hit a certain level and then it turned into a mushroom cloud, just like with nuclear bombs. That's what we had. Um, The problem is though, this is data I've discovered over the last 48 hours, is that it happened to be on the day of the burn, there was insane weather patterns that came in the evening so what I originally assumed and a lot of scientists assumed to be downwind, this stuff actually went northeast, when we, excuse me, northwest when we thought it was going northeast. But the plume and the winds that it carried the dioxins, I'm so concerned at how many states being in Michigan. I live in West Michigan. Like I'm actually thinking about doing soil testing in my own yard. Um, I'm going to probably wait till it warms up because that's when it would settle in my yard. But what's really scary about this is that the EPA is going today in a hearing said, we tested for our dioxins in Indiana and the lever- levels were low and then we tested again and it was non-detectable. Bull crap because dioxins will never be at no detection limit once they exist because they're forever chemicals. But also I want to know what was the limit of detection? Because your instrument for measuring or testing chemicals is only as good as your detection limit. So I want to know down to the picogram or parts per trillion and the EPA is sharing data in parts per billion. And that should be a huge red flag for everyone that they are trying to hide how bad the dioxin exposure is. And let me just say this, not to be long-winded, the, the couches, the comforters, all the clothing or anything that's porous in the home, you can't clean it now you can't clean it. That's all hazardous waste. So the more I just learned in the past 48 hours has made me more even increasingly concerned and completely irate at why nobody has communicated this risk to the people to include the fact that these chemicals can leach into the breast milk. And there's probably nursing mothers or expecting mothers that have no idea of this hazard.
0: Well, according to Mike Mike Adams, evidently, if chlorine dioxide can take some of this out, according to him, but you know, but i'm i'm with you if if chlorine dioxide touched anything in the house you got to get rid of all of it and deal with all of it as toxic waste but it, i think it's interesting because i hear the passion in your voice and i and i got to tell you that it's fantastic to hear somebody else just as pissed off as i was when well, i well and this. i swear
1: like a sailor so i'm clicking my cactus pen cuz my PG, <laughs> my pg13 version of telling people to go f themselves is to go hump a cactus so i have a cactus i just pen. say it
0: I'm no. unapologetically raw. Just fuck it, let it fly. You know.
1: No, well, I never know what kind of audience I have, but yeah. So I have a. Cactus oh no, my audience is well versed <laughs> in
0: my sailing. Trust me. me, <laughs> oh, like a, a
1: cactus, a... you bastard! Well, I you are. Like,
2: you I are were definitely our people.
0: Oh, after November eighth, I was I lost my freaking mind. I, so after November eighth, just to give you some context, Carrie Lake kept going to Mar-a-Lago, yeah. and I was like. Why the fuck are you going to Mar-a-Lago? What was it? You need to be I here. I wondered
2: the same thing. Yes. On TV
0: saying we're fighting this crickets. And then she shows up in Mar-a-Lago. And and then she's then she's at Mar-a-Lago again. That she's at Mar-a-Lago again. Literally for three weeks, she was at MIA because she was down in Florida. And look, I get after a marathon of a of a run, you're in you're in Florida. But anyway, I did a sit rep, I just lost my mind. And I did a sit rep where I was talking about Kelly Townsend because I can't stand her. I think she and Ugenta Rita are the single source of all the election problems that occurred in 2022 because instead of crossing the aisle and shaking hands, they both had to compete to be queen bitch, and they killed so many pieces of legislation that could have changed the outcome of 2022, and then you have Bentoma and a bunch of others here that could have... That, that could have been persuaded or coerced or strong armed to, you know just voter ID. But yet she stood in the way of that. And she was so busy trying to take Wendy Rogers' seat and and re- get reelected. I, literally I, I lost my my mind. but the, the the clincher for me was Walt Blackman, Kelly Townsend doing true the vote. They brought him in. It was a big dog and pony show. and then Walt Blackman said, we need to bring this legislation to the floor, knowing full well that he didn't have the votes to get it through. He didn't have, there wasn't a consumption of any of the, the senators on the floor to even do the do the due diligence to get it pushed through. And they knew Ducey wouldn't sign it anyway. But yet he did this big grand, grandstanding thing anyway. After that, I was like, I, I literally went on my podcast and said, I'm going to break it off in your ass in the next election. You two are gone. You are the reason why we are here. And both of them are gone. So there's nothing you can say that my audience probably hasn't already heard in triplicate.
2: (laughs) Well, we appreciate that because we are very much truth speakers, come what may. We both left very comfortable lifestyles to risk it all, come what may, stand up and speak the truth because we knew everything was at stake. And if we didn't stop this, nothing would matter. Our careers, our money that we were making, our comfortable lifestyles, our vacations, it would all be over if we lost our freedoms. And so, you know, we're very raw and real. In fact, the podcast that we initially set out to create, we did one episode and then we got so busy we couldn't create it anymore, was called Sugar-Free Sanity with Kristen and Tammy because we sugarcoat nothing, deal with it. It's the truth. If you can't handle it, then you're not listening to the right people because you need to wake up. You need to swallow that red pill. You need to understand what's going on. And the problem is that the people on our team, the conservative team is so full of egos and agendas, personal uh, career agendas, and they are focusing on the wrong things. They're focusing on their own, you know, um, ego. Uh, They're power hungry. They're hungry for the stage and the spotlight. And Kristen and I actually left a very well-known tour that we were part of because we just got so sick and tired of the the circus. I, I told Kristen, I said, you know what? I'm starting to feel like I'm a monkey in a show. In the, a the word you're looking am, for
0: is bullshit. You bullshit. I am bullshit. not.
2: I'm not a circus monkey. I've got, yeah. I, we've got shit to do and we don't have a lot of time. And so I'm not wasting my time on, you know, some of this, Uh, silliness just for, you know, putting ourselves in the spotlight, I've said what I needed to say. We both testified in legislative bodies helped to create good legislation to stop some of these mandates. And then we provided our written briefs to the Supreme Court. Where we stopped the Biden administration, we stopped OSHA from implementing permanent COVID mandates on all businesses in the United States. We stopped the EPA from implementing. By the,
0: by the way, thanks for that. that. That I really appreciate that because that Thank was you. That was a well, civil war in the. Making. It
2: was a civil war. We were totally at war. And oh yeah, we still are. Yeah, totally. And so we stopped the EPA then from just a few months later with their, they attempted to put all permanent carbon emission standards on every business in the United States. I mean, this country would look- well, they so want to much- go to
0: electric cars and they, they want to go exactly. to- But here's- the, Yes. This is, the key, this is the kicker. All this, this I'm glad you brought this up because the, the electric car thing is- You remember hydrogen cars? Remember hydrogen fuel cells was the thing back in 2004, 2005? Uh I was like, it's all going to be hydrogen. We're going to have hydrogen. It's going to be so good because it's just the byproducts is water and air. It's going to be great. Yeah, the part they left out is that it's a battery and that it's so toxic to get one hydrogen molecule, which, by the way, is the smallest molecule that that we have a hard time containing.
2: Don't (laughs) even get me started. It it usually causes causes
0: these massive explosions, which I think is mostly bad just saying yeah technically
1: that's mostly mostly bad bad. (laughs) yeah
0: so we went through that gyration and then everybody realized that this car this hydrogen thing is really hard bad i don't think we could do it then we were back i I can
1: see your pocket protector right now when you see
0: it's it's the electric car thing is the exact same it's a battery right yes what they don't tell you is when you buy a tesla for $120, 120 000 five years from the time you buy that car you literally have to replace those batteries, which is almost forty thousand so dollars. You basically you buy two cars in the, the lifespan of one car. It's you ridiculous. know what that
1: reminds me of. It reminds me of like I have a four hundred dollar laser printer, and the freaking ink cartridges are like 350. Like oh, yeah. get the fuck out of here with that. That's a damn <laughs> ink. I can buy a whole new printer, that comes with ink, which creates more electronic waste. Yep.
0: Oh yeah, I'd go I right in the landfill. Yeah, I don't yeah. get oh, it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's
2: so stupid because even the batteries, the electric cars, the grid can't handle it. I I I in the beginning of this, when they were coming out with all these new battery cells and they're building these battery plants in Holland, Michigan, which is in our backyard. I was literally doing training like I would for a lineman, like an electrical lineman saying you don't even have gloves rated to be able to withstand the voltage that these batteries are going to put off. So you're going to get killed and several people did die working on these batteries and then let's talk about the disposal in the landfill i mean talk about your carbon footprint it's so hypocritical and so stupid the double speak drives me nuts and that's why i can't shut up because i well, we just have to expose this
1: i would I just, just like to just put can't. on the record that i broke my foot one time transporting an MRI battery is hazardous material in the cart that I had it on. The wheel broke and I broke my foot in an elevator carrying an MRI battery. (laughs) Nice.
0: Okay, so I do want to, I do, there's one thing that that we haven't touched on yet that I definitely want to touch on because you guys have domain expertise in this. What can people do that are in the affected areas to keep their environment as clean as possible given the fact that these dioxins have been released into the wind there in the water. So what can they do locally to protect themselves or at least moderately protect themselves? Because we've talked about what the, what, you know, the chemicals do, how the chemicals affect people, how it's in the food. And you said it's multi-generational. Is that what you said? I want to get the right language. Yeah, it's
1: multi-generational, usually three generations. And again, when they evacuated these people, they didn't tell them to turn off their HVAC system. So it's all in their house. I mean, I'm the type of person I don't, I am. maybe it's my military background, but you don't complain unless you have a solution. But I understand people have limited finances, but I keep telling everyone, I understand they're upset with the real world, but who they need to be pissed off at is the EPA because it's the EPA, the governor and the local public health officials that have the power to finance their evacuation. There's literally nothing these people can do to live there safe. Um, I'm really concerned about people who are expectant mothers or mothers with small children, like Tammy says, crawling on the floor. That was a good point she brought up in other interviews. Uh, They're just crawling on where it has settled in the homes. But what needs to be done, and this is how I would do it with my training, 10% of the homes, because we always do spot testing, 10% of the homes in that area need to have swipe sampling done. Swipe sampling is just a presence absence testing. But it will show oh we have carcinogenic metals and dioxins they need to run it through a technology called a gas chromatograph spectro- mass spectrometry and when they do that it will there's certain like on the top of your fridge you shouldn't have dioxins and if you do you need to leave your home and if that home has it your neighbor's going to have it so what i'm saying is i feel like a lot of these people need to see this data to really have the fire lit under their asses to understand they need to go. But it sucks because a lot of these people, you know, they're just median households, low income. I don't mean that in a condescending way, but like this isn't New York City, you know, being mad at the EPA. And I'm Tammy and I are both expert witnesses in a lawsuit against the EPA is to force these people to do their jobs, which then ignites um, and allows for financial support for these people to be rehomed. No one's going to ever want to buy a home in East Palestine. I mean, these people need to get out. I can't ethically give you a solution, other than one hundred percent don't drink the water. And, I've
0: been told that it's a land grab that this was done intentionally. Yes. I mean, so it that could they be. They can go or after the oil go. there like yes. in that area, and that they they can be. The area can be exploited for the oil that's sitting under the ground there, and mm-hmm. that was. I've heard something about drain.
1: cobalt. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yes, and it's so also a
2: very critical waterway that feeds the Ohio Basin, farmlands, and the Ohio River, and the Gulf.
0: Well, that's my, that was my question, is what can people that are downstream from this that aren't in the affected mm-hmm. areas, what can they do to protect themselves? Because you can't uproot 11 states worth of people. I guess you could. Right. They would love to move us all to these smart cities. But right. what can they do? To protect well,
2: the, the number one thing I would tell them because they're mainly dealing with, I mean, there is a plume that the mushroom cloud that went out and it's going to settle through the air. Um, but the, the right now, the, the good thing is at this time of year where we have a lot of moisture, we have a lot of snowstorms and rain, it's bringing it down to the ground. So it's out of the breathing zone for most people downwind. But the, the main thing that I would tell people downstream is don't drink the water. You need to be buying bottled water or you need to have... Uh, both a two-step charcoal and reverse osmosis system on your house, which is what I have because I live in an area where in Rockford, Michigan, we had Aaron Brockovich in our backyard a few years ago. If you remember the PFAS story, Um, there was a lot of PFAS found in the water because uh, we had some paper mills and we had a tannery that were burying hundreds of thousands of pounds of drums of chemicals um, in the, the uh, ground And this is also very common around airports and things like that. So when we bought our house, we put a uh, double filtration system. But like we are concerned because that doesn't necessarily mean the systems are cleaning and purifying everything. So it's very specific. A lot of systems are cleaning and purifying pathogens, bacteria, viruses, um, and some are cleaning things like chlorine and fluoride out of the water. But I mean, there's so many different chemicals and types of chemicals like the VOCs, dioxins. They have to be rated to be protecting against that particular thing. So all I can tell people downstream is pay attention and get a filtration system that will protect against the dioxins in particular, and it's going to be a charcoal system or a reverse osmosis system. And Kristen and I have put together a substack we just released. It's called Truth Exposed. So if you go to Truth Exposed Substack, we are just starting to upload and release information for the people of East Palestine, what they need to know and what they need to do. And then people downriver, we're going to put together an emergency kit for people to be able to shelter in place. Because listen, I'm sorry, but these train derailments and these chemical factory fires, nuclear fires, um, you know, manufacturing plants, that uh, plastics plants, they're all happening as a cluster right now. And that's no accident. Just like our meat plant fires, our chicken poultry processing plant fires, our egg plant fires, it's not an accident. Obviously, when you have this many statistically, that's not coincidental. Well, they're trying to do to
0: us what they did to Sri Lanka. They're trying so all these train derailments. They're affecting the logistical system because we transport almost all of our goods. Yes, and uh, that we put in the stores, we transfer transport via rail along with fuel, everything else. So yeah. they're taking those out. They're taking out the food production facilities. They're putting mRNA. Right. Um, Jesus, I can't speak today. mRNA vaccines. Mm-hmm. They're trying to give that to livestock, and they're trying. Yes. They want to bring, and this is some good bullshit. Is yes. micro livestock bugs? They want people to eat bugs. If if look, oh, if, we were, if we were bug eaters, it'd already be in our diet, right? But this is right. This is the this is the elite. That there, as Tom Luongo says, and I love this term, the Eurofags that are running the show <laughs> are the ones that are pushing all this stupid shit.
2: Yeah, and it's
0: not going to look none of. I tell my audience this all the time. None of this shit's going to pan out for them because the academic eggheads that wrote all these plans, they, you know, most of these plans are not going to survive first contact with the enemy, which is the normal person, yeah, right? Right. Because most of us would be like, yeah, no, go fuck I agree. Soul. I'm not doing that. But the the bigger issue is, is that at some point, people are going to have to start paying attention to their local areas and their environment because the EPA is on its ass. OSHA is on its ass. They've been weaponized against the American people. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: people are really going to need like a checklist of here's the things you need to check for in your environment. Here's how you can do this at home. Here's the things that you need to do if these, these chemicals are present here's how you, none of that exists. None of that documentation oh, and That's what
2: we're exists. working on. Kristen and I are actually yeah. putting it together right now on our substack to be able to provide this kind of information from the experts who work in the field to understand uh, chemical exposures, toxicology, uh, radiology, all of this, and knowing what they're doing, knowing that these clusters of accidents statistically are not even possible. I'm sorry, but that's and when you when you know what the World Economic Forum's agenda is, and then you see this, it's not difficult to connect the dots. Uh, we're not dumb, we're not stupid, so we're putting together um, information for people on our Substack, and we'll be uploading more information and some videos to tell people what you need to do. Like if you're if you need to shelter in place because there's a train derailment with a, with a bunch of toxic chemicals in your location, and which is what has really pissed us off that they did not tell the people of East Palestine that, to shelter in place. They didn't tell them even how to shelter in place. did, Did they know to turn off their furnaces, tape their doors and windows, and seal their vents? Nope. So we're going to be putting together these resource kits for people to be able to survive things like this if it happens in your community. And what do you need to know moving forward from the experts who work in these fields? So uh, subscribe to truth exposed. I mean, I don't know what more to say. We're trying to do everything we can to get the information out there to help the American people to protect lives and to, to you know, save the uh, home values and property values and, and, uh, the American dream really that's what we're fighting to protect is the American dream.
0: Well, I'll, I'll post the, uh, I'll post the link for the, um, for the Substack in the, in the, the comments section so people can see it and, and actually navigate to it. Um, and, and I'd say about, you know, getting it done, chop, chop. Come on. We're on the clock here. Let's go. I know you're busy, but come on. No,
2: everybody, done. trust me, everybody's telling me that. I got frontline <laughs> doctors telling me, I'm like, I'm trying to work and make a little money here because for the last three years, I haven't made any money. And, you know, but it's it. hilarious <laughs> because like. Oh.
1: We were, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to like get technical, but we both made well over six figures and then we sacrificed so much. Like, I just wrote like a very long um, affidavit for this EPA lawsuit Tammy saw and peer reviewed. And it's like, people call us grifters. It's like, you can't win. And then people want to complain about us charging for part of our subsec. It's like, we have families and we have years of expertise. And there comes a point where you just realize you have to find a buffer and take care of yourself. So we're trying to convey information to people. Um, and it's not a lot, but I Here, mean here's
0: a word to the wise. So I get that shit all the time. I like I haven't I, I pay for all my stuff, right? I pay for yeah. I pay for for RSS. I pay for we know you
1: pirate stuff. your Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> we get we no, know I use I made. use
0: BitTorrents because those are inherently safe. There's no there's no viruses <laughs> in Napster? those. Come
1: on. <laughs> oh, but my, uh, word.
0: my point is is that you there's all for every every subscriber i have there's at least five shills that are telling me i'm mm-hmm. a grifter i'm a yeah. shill right. I'm, I'm a disinformation node right you know i don't let that i don't let that trip me up because most of the people that are saying that are in that 1% of people that, that if you don't subscribe to their belief system exactly the way they believe it and tell them exactly what they want to hear then you're a show right and you can't please everybody i don't even worry about it right no. so like You know, my, my, uh, my podcast, what's funny is, is that my, you know, sit reps, they, they literally get passed around for people to people, right? People download them and they pass them all over the place. And I could spend my time trying to figure out how many people are actually listening, but I know there's a lot of people listening that the, just keep doing what you're doing. Don't don't stress about the shills. Don't stress about if you have to monetize it, monetize it. Because oh, we
1: d- we don't stress it. out about it. Honestly, don't yeah. don't think that this gets to us. We just have to point it out because it's just so beyond ridiculous when people attack us for, you know, with with such our years of expertise, our degrees. Even though we have degrees, I really think our expertise trumps that. No pun intended. But
0: oh, I've i you know what's funny is I've had guys. I'm not making this up. I had somebody literally say to me, because I was going after the whole Q stuff, right? And, yeah. And I, and I said it was a psyop.
2: And Good. I'm glad. I'm people, glad. People
0: lost that. their freaking mind. I got death threats. And it was funny. But <laughs> one guy literally did this long diatribe and said, you just haven't been trained in the proper information warfare techniques.
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my I was God.
0: like, there's the there's the answer right there. It's, I know. It's literally, you haven't got the right training. To really well, buy into this.
2: I can't tell you how how uh, affirming it is to me to hear you say that because I have been telling people stop listening to this QAnon bullshit, it's a, an intentional disinformation campaign, and it's nothing new. Hitler used very similar tactics, disinformation campaigns, uh way back when. And there's a little bit of truth to every lie. The enemy is very good at that, but oh, it's it's designed to keep you distracted. And it was load? influencing
0: operations, is what it was, and it was. Oh my gosh! It was. It so there was in every information operation, you have a primary objective, and you have secondary and third order effects that come out of that. One of the things that I don't think they counted on when they created the Q um, postage was they didn't anticipate that there would be an army of people doing deep research. They didn't mm-hmm. anticipate. That people would rally behind this, this um, the saying. One of the sayings that came out of it, that I think is is fantastic. By the way, is "Where we go, one we go all." Came out of White Squall, which it, it, if you look at it, some, that's some of the best BS I've seen because it it galvanized people that there was just enough truth for it to be true, but not enough for it to be used somewhere as a tool. So classic, classic. Um, influencing operations and it influenced an entire population to sit down and wait for somebody else to come and save them.
2: Yes. Now,
0: yes. almost four years later, people are finally starting to wake up and go, wait a minute. There's nobody coming to save us. And yes, you, know, you have guys exactly. like Patel Patriot that, that did this whole devolution series. And I was on a show and I tried to tell him on the show, just like I've, I, you know, I've taken so much flack over it. The enemy gets a vote. And everything you do, everything you've put forward is a theory. It's not factual in the sense that it's happening. It's a theory of what you think is going on. But if people honestly understood how fucked up FEMA really is and what their real mission is, they would understand that half of what he put into this document, which, by the way, is not a government guy. He's a civilian. He's never worked with FEMA. I've worked with FEMA. And trust me, when I walked in there as a lieutenant colonel, it was adversarial. It was wow. it literally you walk in the door and they're like, what the fuck do you want? Why the fuck are you here? When the fuck are you leaving? Uh, wow. Good to meet you. Um, I'm here to uh, ask some questions around how we can coordinate with you if there's an attack on this SCADA systems. Why the fuck would you want to do that? That's classified. Uh, that's wow. literally the relationship, right? Just like the relationship with the CIA. You'd have all the agencies in a room,
2: right? Well,
1: I just, I kind of just have to say something real quick because, you know, I am a mom and life happens. And don't worry because my youngest knows that I use adult words. But I just had this little seven-year-old wander into my office and she (laughs) kind of heard what we said and she just wants to make a statement. Hi,
2: my name is Moo. People call me, people call me Moo, but my real name is Alice. I believe in God, and we can
1: We can go through all this harm with peace. Good job, sweetheart.
2: That, from the mouth of babes, is exactly That's right. right.
1: You're going to have a snow when day I've tomorrow. I've so been telling, telling people, you, love you. and
2: you. Uh, I, I love what you said, um, because I love what you said, um, Stephen, because I've been telling people we are still waiting Almost, you know, three and a half years now for Trump to come riding back on a white horse to save us. Every single thing. This is what I keep telling people. And then, then I get demonized and I'm told I'm not truly a patriot. I really am not in the know. I knew you didn't know everything. I'm like, well, why do you think you know everything? Who are you? You know what I mean? The fact that you as an average hairdresser or school schoolteacher <laughs> think you know the world's deep, dark secrets of what's well, just happening remember. behind the scenes.
0: Aliens are running the financial system.
1: (laughs) Oh, did you not hear about the cloning centers? I just have to say, I'm sorry about that. But my little one was staring at me through my office doors and she said, I would like to say something. And I know from her
0: mouth to God's ears.
1: The yes. mouth from the mouths of babes, but moves very. Up, smart. She's up late because we're going to have a snow day here in West Michigan. Um mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> No yes. snow in Michigan. No, yeah. oh, a major <laughs> snowstorm. It's happening in Chicago right now. So Kristen's on the other side of the lake, and it's going to hit her in a minute. Well, you I know? don't know, Tammy, I'm much having longer.
1: separation anxiety from you. I know. I, I don't
0: want to keep you guys much longer. I, I do want. I do want both of you. Um, if If you could say anything to my audience, what would it be?
2: Okay. Here's what I would tell people. I know that it's really dark right now. And I can tell when we were in the Arizona legislature in the Senate building, and we met with you, we met you for the first time. And we were there with Mark Fincham and Seth Keschel. And uh, we were there to support Senators Rogers and uh, Champ. And, you know, just hear the testimony. And uh, you guys are our people. You're our friends, and we will support you and do whatever we can. As coming from Michigan, another key battleground state, um, you know, we understand the importance of supporting our friends and our teammates, and we've created really good friendships. But I know I could sense, uh, I could sense the uh, feeling, a little bit of uh, overwhelm, fatalism, like you know, the the down, the the depression, and it's like no. We have to remember that we were born for such a time as this, that you, we cannot give into fatalism because that's sin. The Bible says, and I have a biblical worldview. Maybe all of your viewers don't, but I have a biblical worldview. And I know that everything that is happening uh, is, is happening according to biblical prophecy. I mean, you can't read the book of Revelations and not see what's happening right now and not connect the dots. And so, I would just tell people, remember, we were born for such a time as this. The days seem very dark, but God always shines. God always shows up and he loves the miracle stories because that's where he gets to show off, right? And so I tell people, don't give in to fatalism. Read Esther. Read some of the, the stories in the Bible where it seemed like there was no hope and then but God and he shows up in a big way where you don't see it coming. You don't see it coming. You don't know where it's going to come from. And then God does it. And it's always miraculous. And it's outside of our power and our imagination and our ability, because that's how he gets the glory. So I would just tell people, stay focused, keep doing what you can do and focus on your local levels. Because it doesn't matter in Michigan right now what's happening with Governor Dimwit or with Biden and D.C. because we have flipped so many of our local counties by focusing on the county commission boards, the city councils, the school boards, the township boards that they are putting in place right now. County declarations uh, to make to declare our counties to be constitutional counties. So it doesn't matter what kind of stupidity or wacko, progressive, liberal, crazy, you know, freedom violating things that happen in this county. Our citizens our businesses, our schools, our children, our families are protected by a county declaration. And so we still have the power. We, the people, are the authority and the governing body in the United States. And we cannot forget that. And we cannot take our foot off the pedal. And we cannot give into fatalism because once we do, it's game over.
1: And I guess I could just follow that amazing (laughs) narrative uh, from the perspective as a veteran. I think that we are seeing, I'll just say for me, you know, I, I only spent nine years on active duty, but I can tell you that I didn't spend nine years on active duty to come home to this level of tyranny. I may have differing, differing views and ideologies than others, but I can still meet you halfway because we're all rooted in wanting individual liberty and freedom. But I speak to a lot of veterans and I wanna remind you that you took an oath and that oath never expires. So when you see residents and you see individuals take a giant shit on our Constitution, it should enrage you. It doesn't mean that you need to react with violence, but first initiate with the administrative action, and that is by informing your friends, your family, and your neighbors who may not agree with you and don't want to hear anything you have to say, but unless they've ever spent a day on active duty or in the guard or in the reserve. They don't understand how many people have thrown themselves on a sword, thinking that they were preserving individual liberty and freedom. What's happening in our country, I believe, is a demonic agenda. And just like in the world, in a relationship, you have to hit rock bottom until you build things back up. And when we talked earlier in this show about how we don't think when things get bad, it's going to continue because people are going to be pissed off in the bunkers. Just like people who are truly suicidal, they don't normally announce it. They sadly take their own lives because of their internal struggles. I believe that Mary's in line with people who understand what this country was rooted and founded in, and they're they are they're not on Facebook. They're not in militias. They're hunkered down in their homes, and they know when they need to come to action. And I am not in any way initiating or promoting violence, but I can tell you, It is not an insurrection and it is not violence when your government is out of control and they come to your home and on your property and violate all the rights that you fought for. So you need to grow a pair and you need to be ready. I don't even understand at this point how there can be veterans who are liberals because while I'm not a member of the Republican Party, it is very clear to me that the liberals are violating everything that you rose your right hand to. So we need people to unite and understand. We don't have to agree on everything, but one thing we can agree on is that we have the right to individual liberty and freedom that is founded by the document known as the Constitution, the law of the land. Too many people are afraid and worried. If my job finds out, my friends will disown me. Guess what? We've all lost jobs. We've lost clients. We've lost friends. We've lost family. But when we lose freedom, in the autonomy to live how we want, as long as we're not harming another person of our property, we have nothing. We just have God and we have our family. So I need people to really wake the hell up and realize none of this is conspiratorial. Did you ever think in your lifetime, little tiny children, age two, would be sitting in daycare, crying and throwing a fit because the daycare owners were shoving a mask on their face for a virus that was created by the funding through our stolen theft sent overseas to a BSL-4 lab who was messing around with a dangerous wanting to make a vaccine. Open your eyes and realize, if you don't pay attention now, you're gonna lose everything that you hold dearly, whether it's your pink hair dye in your bathroom liberals, or your rainbow t-shirts you're going to lose everything that you own if you don't pay attention now so you don't have to agree with us now but everything that you believe will be overtaken by a one world government if we do not start uniting in the very single small things that we agree on
0: isn't that the truth and and i'll and i'll add to that that there's no place to hide There's no place to run to. This is planetary. This is not just here in the U S if you look at what they're doing, especially in Sri Lanka was the first thing they did took away. They killed all production. They killed all logistics. They stopped the distribution of food. And then as soon as they started the distribution of fuel and food, they gave everybody a QR code. That's literally what they want to do here. But the good thing is, is that you said it the best. This is God's ordained country. He's going to make sure, and things will suck for a while, but I I firmly believe that when this is all said and done, you're going to have a generation that is hard as nails that will never let this happen again. And, you know, I'll probably be long dead by the time that happens because I, I can tell you where I'm going to be. I'm going to be out front. I don't know where the rest of the officers are, and it pisses me off to no end. That the only general officer that's out front is Mike Flynn, but even Mike Flynn is bogged down with the noise, right? So, you said it the best. Leave your check your ego at the door and get in the fight, and put your differences aside, and do something for the common good. Ladies, I really appreciate your time tonight. I know we've we're over an hour, and I, I said it would be an hour. My my bad, but we definitely have to do this again because I I'd, I'd love to love to see where. East Palestine is in another month and see where things are at in another month. Cause I think we're going to see a lot of developments over the next few months. And I'd like to stay and and do this at least a couple more times as that situation develops. Cause I think you guys have a keen insight that most people would rally around if they heard it enough and they, they got to know some of the, just some of the nuances of the industry you're in because people really don't get it. Yeah. And I think it's going to yeah. take two or three listens to get, just some of the rudimentary information around there's shits everywhere. So
2: Yeah, well, unfortunately, the information that we have to provide in order to be able to educate people is very technical. It's very scientific. Um, And so it is what it is. We try to keep it. We try to explain it in kind of layman's terms, but it is very scientific and people need to understand when we say the EPA is not doing proper testing, what does that mean? And how do we know? Cause we get challenged on that. So we kind of have to go there, but I have to tell you, this has been one of my favorite interviews because yeah. you are, very you are real. like the real deal. And I love it that you just speak truth. You just drop those truth bombs, like no holds barred. I love it. And well, yeah, we so. got
0: here because of political correctness, right? Yes. We got here because a bunch of you know, fucking yes. academics yes. were too busy <laughs> trying to say politely, exactly. you're a fucking retard, instead of yeah. saying you're That's a fucking retard. I mean, if yeah, retard, they said you have several challenges which are precluding you.
1: Yes, but and the that's same way part offends yes. you more than the violation of individual rights. That's a you problem. But I just want to say, I don't mind that we went over because this is in par with the time I wait for my VA appointments once I am 27 minutes over my VA appointment time.
2: <laughs> well, and I'll tell you what, these are the words that we use and we get, you know, excoriated for and I won't back down because I have a brother who when I was growing up was called mentally retarded. That was the politically correct word. Oh, now if I use the R word, I'm some sort of a hateful, nasty person. And I'm like, you are so effing ridiculous. You See, know, I like I'm the word handicap
0: because handicap says that, that handicap. You, you know, you've, yes, got, you've got a physical totally or mental retarded. condition, right? Yes. Retard explains every fucking liberal I've talked to in the last two Is years. That, and, fucking
2: that's retarded. Like, that's, and that's like a real word. You're retarded. I'm sorry, oh but you're God. stunted.
0: So I, I did that. I said this at my, I, and I know we're going long, but just bear with
1: totally me. It's totally fine. Yeah. I went
0: to Home Depot. Just, I, I was in Seattle. My 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 kids live in Seattle. It, it I, I fucking hate the place. Because the, the liberals have turned it into a cesspool. I thought
1: the yes. whole city was a safe space. Yes. Whatever.
0: Safe for who? The homeless? The criminals? Right. The drug addicts? The the, the pedophiles? They, they're, yeah. they're safe.
2: Everybody else isn't. Oh, God, I can't imagine. But I'm at Home
0: Depot. And the, I'm just trying to get some paint because we're painting cabinets, right? And I'd been there all week and I was tired because <laughs> you know how it is. You go, you go and you're staying somewhere that's not your own bed. You don't sleep yeah. well. You don't sleep restfully. Two blue haired liberals in front of me. And one of them has to literally tell the world her sexuality. And she had to explain it because none of us got it. And we all had to hear it that she was pansexual and she's going on and on about pansexuality. And I finally said, wait, stop. Right. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Pansexual. What the fuck is that? Does that mean you can't pick a fucking hole? What the fuck does that even mean? I'm at home Depot for Christ's sake. Why do I care who you fuck? I just, I want to paint. I just want to pay. Can you just pay for your shit and go out to your car and fuck off? Cause none of us, none
2: of us want to hear that. Exactly. You know how I know
1: that we have faltered. Yeah. I had a, a cardiology appointment at the VA and first of all, my PA that I see wears a rainbow lanyard for her ID. So I thought, okay, whatever. But my, I got the business card from my cardiologist and uh, it says she, her. And I thought, no shit, Sherlock. You just told me you had a baby. Only women can have babies. Like <laughs> what the hell? Like the VA is being infiltrated with the wokeness. And no. I, there are too many, listen, I'm 40 but there are older veterans like from the Vietnam era that I know aren't going to put up with this. And it's like, Oh my God, I just came here to like get a colonoscopy or like get my annual vision test. I don't care what your pronouns are. Like why do you have to have it on your business card? You have boobs and long hair. You're a woman.
0: It's in LinkedIn.
1: Oh God. Well, I think. Email
0: signature now. Just be you.
1: Just be you and stop labeling it with rainbows. Just live your life and leave me alone. Do you? I think I'll that the you. three of us could Ooh. like
2: do our own show, and it right. would be a huge hit because we are <laughs> we use the word retard. We call people retard[s] all the time because they are you tell people to
0: go <laughs> pump a like So, one last thing before we close this out, because I, I you're right, we could go all night, and I, it would be it would decent.
1: be but
0: one of the one of the things that I think you know. You said that I wanted to zero in on that I didn't get a chance to was everything happens at the community level it's one of the things i wanted to drill yes. down you guys have flipped seats in your local level and I've been preaching mm-hmm. for almost two and a yep. half years local action drives national changes and we have to yep. start like I used two word two phrases that i my audience has finally has finally started to adopt it's weird when you hear your own your own words used in other podcasts and people you. Yeah. But is
1: it hump and cactus? No, no,
0: it's, it's line of sight and sphere of influence, right? You guys have talked oh, no, about yes, sphere uh-huh. of influence, your local community. And what I keep yep. telling people is one of the things I loved about the Iraqis is that they knew everybody in their neighborhood. They know who belonged there, who didn't belong there, who was good, who was bad. They knew all that. And if you showed up and you didn't belong there, you ended up in a trunk in the desert somewhere. They didn't oh, fuck God. around at all. If it, wow. and the, the best part of it was that I was talking to one of the shakes about one of the reconstruction projects. And he literally said to me, I would love to get that done for you, but there's no one I can trust to do the work without walking away with the supplies. And I was literally like, okay, I can work with that. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. But it,
0: it left an indelible impression that one of the things that our country is great for is always been great for is every war we fought. Even the Revolutionary War was fought at the community level. Communities mm-hmm. banded together. They know who was there, who who needed to be there, who belonged there, who was partial to the British, who was partial to the Revolutionary um, soldiers, to the uh, Confederate – the Confederate – the uh, Con, – now I can't even Continental. speak.
1: Continental. Thank you.
0: The Continental Army.
1: Come oh. on, Fetterman. Let's get
0: to it. Um all, folks. They, they knew exactly who was supposed to be there. And we have to get back to that level if we're going to get right. through this fight because mm-hmm. it, it's once everything turns to shit because it's, we're only probably a couple of months away with all these train derailments from being major disruptions in the logistical and supply chains. We're literally months away from it. And once that actually happens, you're going to see part of the population in the urban areas completely lose their shit because they don't they have no resources, right? And this doesn't affect the rich. It only affects the people with no resources. And that's by design because they want us fighting each other. The part that these dipshits and eggheads and all these think tanks don't get is one thing. When people are starving, they start sharing resources, which they will do because that's that's who we are. Right. It's going to They're going to turn their attention to, hey, wait a minute. Who caused all this? Right. And then you're going to see a bunch of people that realize they have nothing to lose go after the, the 1%. And that's the part that they didn't account for. They've they've used AI. They've modeled all this. They they, they think they know exactly how this is going to go. It's not going to go that way. And I will yeah. tell you that once, once people realize that the real strength of our country is at the community level, the town level, the city level, yes. you're going to see a really big shift in public opinion. And you're going to see a lot of this woke nonsense go by the wayside.
1: Yeah. And, and I would people say are starving. We, we outnumber the sociopaths. Like we outnumber yeah. the sociopaths. And although it may be very small in percentage, we do have a unifying factor. Did you guys see um, the video from a recent BLM protest? And then you had like super, super pro police people with the thin blue line. And they actually had a meeting of the minds and they shook each other and they hugged and they said, we can be the change. We all matter. But yes, we need reform and accountability, but we don't need to defund. We need reform. Oh my god, it was beautiful. And you didn't hear about it in the mainstream media because it squashes the narrative. But we can find tiny aspects that we agree on. And boy, can that really grow as a brush fire into a massive flames? And, and we take control of the narrative against the sociopaths. I think we can do it.
0: Well, we've already taken the cultural narrative back. they're not getting that back. There's no, there's no amount of bullshit that they can push out now that's going to take the cult. That's what. Why do you think they're going after balloons and UFOs? Because they're, right. out, they're out of good bullshit that the public will buy into. So I'm not worried about that. What, I, what I'm worried about is that people don't realize the power of the community. They don't realize the power. That's
2: that's what we're focusing on through Stand Up Michigan, because I'm also the vice president of Stand Up Michigan, the largest and most influential grassroots organization in the state of Michigan that was born out of a sense of righteous anger from some business owners that came together and absolutely refused to shut down our businesses, knowing that was not constitutional. So we started a grassroots organization. We've become very powerful and effective at at the state level and at the national level and so we have flipped a lot of our counties and now these counties because we flipped the county commissions and the you know city councils like i said earlier they're putting in these you know county declarations to declare these counties to be constitutional counties it doesn't matter what whitmer is doing or whatever so the local is where the local politics is where it is all uh, encompassing and what that's our future because dc is lost I think even Michigan, as far as the state is lost, we can't win those big races, but we can hold and secure the local communities, the local counties. And so we can preserve and protect them from anything that's going on in Lansing and in D.C. Um, So, you know, that's where that's where my goal is. That's where my focus is. And it's it's working. It is very effective.
0: Good, because that's where I think that that's that's where the fight's going to develop right yes. once yes. once all of this turns to shit that's where the yes. fight's going to develop and, Absolutely. I, and I can't I, I can't Thank you guys enough for actually standing up and saying that. I actually wanted to talk about that before we went tangierial. So thanks for bringing us back on topic at an hour and forty minutes into this. So,
2: <laughs> well,
0: anyway, hopefully let's... your
2: listeners have the patience or the longevity to listen. <laughs> this is the
1: ADHD show. Yeah, but like
0: <laughs> to make a long story endless. It.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it just shows that none of us are one trick ponies, and we're very abreast to what's going on, and we all have something to bring the table to this discussion i mean we we recognize the world's going to hell in a handbasket and we can just shut up and color as the military says it makes me want to punch a puppy or we can unite (laughs) and change this you know
0: (laughs) i haven't heard that for a long time
1: (laughs) right (laughs) okay
0: again thanks for doing this i really appreciate it we'll do this again probably in a it'll probably be a month before we get back to it but Well, we might be in the same FEMA camp,
1: so we can probably do this in person.
0: (laughs) Yeah, You're never going to see me in a FEMA camp. We're definitely going to stay in
2: touch with you because you're one of our people. So we're now going to pull you into our sticky web of people because you are definitely our people. So we'll do this again. This was fun.
0: Awesome. Thanks, ladies. Appreciate
2: it.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Have a great night.
0: You
2: too.